Welcome to an Ode to DSTL, a Fix-It's podcast. Our despair was knowing that Dean and Castiel deserved better. Some fan fiction is totally better than scripts, and therefore, this podcast is dedicated to DSTL Fix-It writers, starting off from Season 15, Episode 18. We deserve better, they deserve better. A canon confession of love? Yeah, it's our world now, so let's fix it. Welcome back my lovelies. This is your narrator Winks at You. Today we'll be getting into a fix-it fic called The Prayer Part 2. Last time we left off, Dean had finally said what he needed to say and let Cass know how he felt. It ended off with a sweet and tentative kiss. I'd like to thank Dean's girl SOB for providing me with this fic. It'll be in the show notes below, so go over and send her all the love she deserves. Pertinent tags to note are language, homophobic language, mutual masturbation, and smut. Right, let's get into the story. Dean's world had narrowed to feel Cass's lips moving against his own, his fingers curling into the soft hair at the back of Cass's neck. He was kissing Cass. Cass was kissing him back. It felt like constellations bursting in his stomach as he takes Cass's lower lip between his own. He tasted like honey and cinnamon. Ecstasy sings through his blood as ten years of longing and need is culminated in the sweep of Cass's tongue against the theme of his bottom lip. Bliss. Pure gratification is what this was. Dean pulled Cass in closer as their kiss stole to a stop, their breaths intermingled as they rest their foreheads together. You okay? Dean croaked in a whisper after a moment. I think I feel... dizzy, Cass replied. Dean let out a small laugh. Sit with me, Dean said as he pulled Cass to the grass below. They sat cross-legged, mirroring each other. It's a beautiful year, Dean. You chose well. The wind is a nice touch. I hope you would like it. It felt very zen, you know? I'd come here some nights, you know, to feel close to you. When I couldn't sleep, Dean said quietly, focusing on the blade of grass between his fingers. I'd come here and I'd beg for you to come back like a needy dumbass. Cass was silent, just allowing Dean his moment. My world falls apart when you're gone, Cass. Grief is fucked, man. It's like I lost you piece by piece, rather than all at once, you know? Dean risks a glance up at Cass's, whose eyes are trained directly on his face, listening intently. Dean goes back to focusing on the blade of grass in his hands as he continues. It's like, gradually, I accumulated the parts of you that were gone, and then a day would come when there was a particular missing part. It would have been seeing your name flash up on my phone, or the sound of your voice. That overwhelmed me with the reminder that you were gone. Dean discards the blade of grass, replacing it with the lace of his boot. It sucks that we miss people like that. You think once you've accepted that someone is out of your life, that you've grieved and it's over, 
then bam, one little thing and you feel like you've lost that person all over again. There's a beat of silence as Cass and Dean study each other. Grief is so curious, Cass says. One can resist tears and behave very well in the hardest hours of grief. Then it can bring you to your knees. Cass trails off quietly as Dean watches him, knowing he is speaking of his grace. Dean reaches out a hand, hooking his pinky finger around Cass's index finger. You're missing your grace, Dean states. I've taken solace in the emptiness, he says directly. Fuck. I'm so sorry, Cass. I've been such a dick lately. I should have been there for you, and I was too wrapped up in my own shit. I should have been a better friend, he says with a level of vulnerability behind his words. Cass looks at him then. Is that what we are? Friends? Dean shrugs sheepishly. I'm scared, Cass. I've never... I mean, I don't want to fuck this up. There's a lot to lose here, and I tend to destroy everything I touch. You don't see yourself clearly at all, Cass says as he wraps his hand around Dean's. I wish you could see yourself from my point of view. Dean feels his cheek heat slightly. Cass, man, you can't say shit like that to me. I can, and I will. Dean swallows audibly, feeling slightly shy when the idea comes to him. Let's go away someplace. Just you and me. Bobby has a cabin just outside Strawberry Hill. We could head up there for a while, so we have time to figure things out. What do you say? Cass, a fancier vacation? Cass's impossible, beautiful face breaks out with a smile. I think I'd like that. Dean watches Cass for a brief moment before he gets to his knees and moves to press into his lips, finally and firmly to his. I want this to work, Cass. I want... I want you. I think it's always been you. You and me? Cass asks and Dean nods. You and me. Every step and every choice Castiel had made up to this point had led him to the moment here with Dean, driving along the highway, miraculous sleep between them. From the moment that Grace had wrapped around his soul in perdition, Castiel's fate was sealed. He loved Dean Winchester with all the madness in his soul. He loved Dean Winchester before he even knew what love was. Bobby's cabin was nestled amongst the cedars, settled comfortably against the private boat dock. It was the perfect place to get away. Secluded enough for privacy, but not so secluded that it bypassed all civilization. The old ramshackle wood was fixed with golden glow as the sun set behind the trees. As the impala rumbled to a stop, Dean groaned and cricked his neck. His early forties wasn't kind to him these days, as he sat in the car for hours on end, his insides twist with anxiety. Or was it excitement? He couldn't quite compartmentalize everything he was feeling, especially not when Cass was sitting next to him, his fingers absently running through Miracle's fur, as if seeing the man he loved was his damned dog wasn't enough to do him in, God damn it. Looking sinfully dressed in all black, hair sporting that freshly fucked look and his jawline 
which was pepped with two days' worth of stubble. Throwing their shit into a couple of duffel bags and bidding farewell to the bunker was the best idea Dean had had in a long time. The two-hour drive was comfortable, charged with the heat that Dean couldn't quite place, not sexual heat, but heat all the same. They swapped silent glances and shy smiles, anticipation abuzz in the close air of the impala. Both Dean and Cass stepped out the car and met at the trunk, Dean almost tripping over an overexcited miracle, maybe bringing the dog, who he was 99.9% sure had canine ADHD, wasn't the best idea. But he loved that dog and he wasn't about to leave him behind. No way, no how. Overbearing mother, snipes from Sammy be damned. I'll get the bags, Dean said as he pulled open the trunk and lifted the bags on his shoulders. Slamming the trunk shut, he smiled shyly at Cass, reaching out to hold his fingertips. No words were needed as Dean led them both up the rickety old steps, each one creaking beneath their feet. The old seat swing was swung softly against the afternoon breeze, and Dean thought that it would be nice to sit there with Cass and a couple of beers one night, and the thought made his chest swell. Dean reluctantly let go of Cass's hand, bending to retrieve the key hidden beneath the wooden slat on the porch floor. His palm pushed open the old wooden door that had seen better days. The warding had been up so long it was barely noticeable upon the grey wood. The cabin hadn't been inhabited in a while. A dank, musty smell hung in the air and the haphazard uncoordination of the room made Dean's skin itch as he had a metal note to put things in order while he was here. Cass followed behind Dean as he made his way to the back of the cabin to the only bedroom. One bed. One double bed. Both Cass and Dean looked at each other somewhat awkwardly. If it would make you more comfortable, I can take the couch, Cass said quietly as he stood behind Dean in the doorway of the bedroom. Like hell, Dean replied, and before he knew it, he was doing he had Cass pressed up against the doorframe with his body, Dean's hands placed on either side of Cass's head. Cass's breath hitched. His heart had waited too damn long to have you in my bed, Cass. I'm done with waiting. Dean, Cass breathed out. We don't have to. Dean took a step back, giving Cass space. Cass, Dean started shyly. Don't you want to? Oh, trust me, I want to. Cass said with an almost comically adamant expression. I know that you have only been with women, and this body is very male. Dean stepped further into the bedroom, removing his jacket and throwing it to the corner of the room to deal with it later. Come here, Dean said, beckoning Cass over who complied immediately. Dean pushed Cass's leather jacket from his shoulders, throwing it on top of his... Cass squinted his eyes and tilted his head in that very Cass kind of way. Dean, is this seduction? Dean laughed lightly. A seduction? Dean shook his head. Not right this second, but take a load off. We had a long trip. Come and lie on the bed with me. They both slipped on the bed facing each other. Dean studied Cass for a moment. Hey Cass, can I ask you something? Of course, Dean. Are you worried that I'm... Not attracted to you because you're a man? Cass looked away for a beat before answering. It's a concern, yes, 
but I understand. I want you to explain something to you, Cass. Dean took a breath, turning onto his back. He found it easier to talk this way. Ever since I was about 13 or 14, I've been attracted to other men as much as I have girls. He said it. It was out, and he hadn't planned the apocalypse attempt murder number 5,432. I've never acted on it. That's not something the son of John Winchester would want. He risked a look at Castiel, who was watching him with nothing but compassion and love adorning his features, knowing Cass was li listening with encouragement enough for him to continue talking. When I was about 19, we were working a case in Oklahoma. It was during Pride Month, driving through the parade. Well, you can figure how, out how that went down. If any kid of mine pranced around like that, he'd have a queer kicked out of him. Dean related, and he looked at me as though he was giving me a warning, as though he knew. It was probably just paranoia, but that's how it felt at the time. He said real men don't act like fags. Real men can handle a good woman in their bed. Dean laughed sardonically. So, I pushed it down. Even after he died, I thought it might have been easier. You know? It wasn't. Dean turned back on his side, murdering Cass and propping himself up on the elbow. And then you came along and knocked me on my ass, he grinned. Castiel reached out his hand to cup Dean's cheek. Dean's eyes closed briefly as he leaned into the warm touch, relishing the, in the tingle that ghosted down his spine. You deserved better, Dean, Castiel said simply. You are the first person I've told that to. Not even Sammy knows. Cash shifts closer to Dean, his thumb playing at the corner of his lips. Thank you for telling me, he says quietly. Dean's eyes naturally drop to Cass's lips. Without much thought, Dean nips at the tip of Castiel's thumb, eliciting the tiniest of moans from the back of Castiel's throat. Dean's fist, Cass's shirt. Kiss me? Cass, please kiss me. Dean practically begs suddenly overcome with a desperate need for Cass, just Cass. Castiel didn't hesitate. He moved in, pressing his lips to Dean's. It started soft, tentative, but sweet, Dean's hand skirting up over Cass's shoulder to rest on the back of his neck, pulling him further. Dean's tongue sought entry into the warm cavern of Cass's mouth, both of their breaths hitching upon the dual meeting of their tongues. Cass's hand slid down to Dean's thigh, hitching it over his hip so now there were no part of their bodies that wasn't touching. Dean ached almost painfully with the need to be closer to Cass. He needed this. He wanted this. This. This was a decade in the making. Cass, he breathed against Castiel's mouth. Hmm? Cass replies distractedly. Let me show you how much I want you. How much I love you. Dean, if you're not ready... I'm not sure I'm ready to go all the way yet. Just please, Cass, please touch me. I need you. I need you, Cass. Cass crushed his lips into Dean's, rolling him on his back. Dean's hand found its way beneath Cass's T-shirt, his fingertips kissing over his beating skin. Can we take this off? Dean asked. Cass didn't speak. 
He leaned away from Dean and pulled his shirt over his head, discarding it to the floor. He pulled at the hem of Dean's Henley, indicating that he wanted it off. Dean obliged, and suddenly there was skin on skin. Dean's fingers played and twisted in Cass's hair, while Cass's lips teased at the column of Dean's throat. In Dean's fantasies, he imagined that Cass would be nervous and timid, but he was wrong. Cass, in reality, was confident and assured, and Dean was shocked and certainly not displeased to find he was more than happy to be submissive. Castiel's fingers toyed at Dean's belt buckle. Can I? He asked Dean, looking at him with gruff voice, laced with sex, his eyes blown wide with lust and his cheeks stained a delicious light pink. Jesus, Cass, your voice is made for sex, Dean said, his hips instinctively pushing up against Cass, seeking the fiction he desperately needs. Cass groans at the content. Want you so bad, Cass. Wanted it for so long. Cass works Dean's belt and jeans undone, Cass's fingertips brushing the solid bulge beneath the material. Fuck, you've barely touched me and I'm ready to blow. Dean says breathlessly, Get these off, he says, tugging at Cass's jeans. They both work out of their own clothes, tossing them aside, their eyes never leaving each other. You're so beautiful, Cass murmurs, caught in a dizzying spiral of lust and awe. I always thought so, from the moment I saw your soul. You were always so, so undeniably beautiful. Shut, Cass, you can't just... Cass cuts him off with a searing kiss. It's deep and it's desperate. Dean's teeth clamp down on Cass's full lower lip, pulling it between his teeth. Dean pulls back, his eyes roaming over Cass. Fuck, Cass, look at you, Dean whispered, ghosting his nails over Castiel's back. So fucking gorgeous. The trail of wet kisses that Dean lays on his neck makes Castiel groan and tilt his head back. Want you so bad, Dean repeats into his skin. Two strong hands land on Dean's hips, positioning him in his back. Dean opens his legs in invitation, Castiel creating a home for himself there. Castiel's eyes land on Dean's, never leaving as he licks a wet stripe open the center of his palm, and then his hand is wrapped around Dean's oh. solid cock. Oh. Oh. Jesus, fuck, guess. He moans, his back arching from the bed. Feels so fucking good. I've imagined this for so long. Dean gasped. Cass's hand worked in long strokes, his thumb teasing the tip as his lips sucked into the skin of his hip bones. Dean's fingers curled into Cass's hair. Yes, mouth. Please, I want your mouth. Oh, oh, fuck. Dean's hip jerked upward as Castiel swallowed him down slowly, every solid inch of him being warmed by the wet tunnel of Cass's mouth. Dean rests up on his elbows to watch, deciding that the sight of his dick in Cass's mouth is the hottest fucking thing that has ever happened to him. And then Cass looks up at him through his lashes, watching him sinfully as he slides his lips back up to the flush tip, slowly and teasingly twisting his tongue over the slit. Fucking Christ, that's it, baby, do it just like that. Dean's head lolled back as Cass uses the flat of his tongue to caress the underside of Dean's cock. Dean was dangerously close to tipping over the edge 
and that wasn't going to happen until he got his hands on Cass. He leaned up and pulled Cass upward. Come here. He pushed his lips to Cass's, squirming slightly as the salty taste of himself from Cass's lips, the designing it was kind of hot. Dean ran his hand down the center of Cass's body until he reached the solid, velvet length of Cassiel's cock. Cass jerked into his hand, a rough moan escaping his lips, the sound making Dean's cock twitch in response. Dean? Cass sounded wrecked. Do you like that, Cass? Does that feel good? Dean gripped him a little more firmly, working off what he knew himself he would like. So good, Dean. Cass dropped his forehead to the crook of Dean's neck, his hot breath hitting rapidly against Dean's clammy skin. Cass's hips jerked up into Dean's fist. That's it, baby. F fuck my hand. Cass bit into Dean's neck, snaking a hand down to fist his cock. Wait, Cass, sit up for me. Dean breathed harshly. His cock was painfully throbbing against Cass's palm. So we can watch each other. Dean explained. I want to see. Dean, I don't think I'll last long. Castiel breathed, his lips swollen and spit slicked. I know, me too. Now touch me. Castiel did as was instructed, his hand wrapping around Dean and Dean's hand wrapped around him. Jesus Christ, look at us. Look so hot, Cass. You look so hot. Cass thrusted into the tight tunnel Dean had created by Dean's fist. Dean's eyes were transfixed on his thigh muscles. Dean, Dean, I'm so... Oh, it feels so good. Please, Dean. Castiel didn't know what he was asking for. I've got you, sunshine, Dean said as he pulled him close, flicking his wrist on the upstroke as he thrust into Cass's hand. I've got you. Cass's head lolled back as he became nothing but sensation, his nerve endings singing beneath the surface of his skin. I'm so close, Cass. Please don't stop. Dean's head dropped to Cass's chest as he watched their hands working each other, mirroring each other's rhythm. The deep growl that left Cass's mouth coiled Dean's stomach. He felt his muscles load so damn hard, he couldn't hold on any longer. Cass! Fuck! I'm going to... Mm, shit. Cass! Cass leaned in against Dean's ear, and in a simply graveled voice, he said, Come for me, Dean. Dean stalled against Cass as Cass's worked him with a merciless speed of his wrist. Holy fucking shit. Fuck! Dean cried as he spilled over Cass's hand in a thick, hot spurts. Cass slowly slowed to a steady rhythm, working Dean down from his orgasm, his eyes never leaving him. So beautiful, Dean, Cass said, his voice awed. Dean managed with difficulty to lean up and continue his strokes of Cass's length. Your turn, Dean said. Cass pushed Dean's hand away, pushing him back to the bed. What he... Dean began until he was very clear what Cass was doing. Dean grinned. You want me to watch yourself get off? Yes, I've fantasized about this, Cass confessed. Dean lay back and trained his eyes on Castiel. Fuck, you're so gorgeous, Dean said. 
Cass leaned down and kissed Dean long and deep before sitting back up astride his hip and watched Dean as Dean watched him take himself in his hand, the same hand that was covered in Dean's. Fuck me, you look so, Dean says. Yeah, do it like that. I'm gonna look so fucking good when you come, baby. Feels so good, huh? I love watching you like this. Watching you. I love watching you like this. Watching you fuck yourself for me. You like it, Cass? You like touching yourself for me? Cass burst into his hand, and Dean couldn't resist. He placed his hand on Cass's hip and the other hand over Cass's, and they worked him together. I want you to come for me, baby. Let me see you. Show me how hard you can come all over me. Shit, look at you. So fucking gorgeous. Let me hear you, Cass. I want to hear every little noise you've got. Give it to me. Come on. Dean felt Cass's body tense atop him. Let it go, baby. I've got you. And that was all it took. Cass fell forward, his hand gripping to the headboard as he and Dean jerked his cock together, spilling hot stripes of cum over Dean's chest. Heedless of the mess between them, Cass fell forward, spent onto Dean's chest. Dean wrapped his arms around Cass, trembling body, pressing a kiss to his temple. I love you. He whispered into Cass's sweet, sweat-damped hair. I know. He felt Cass's grin into his neck. I think I always knew. Dean's body was spent. But he never felt more alive than right now. Right here, with the man he loved looking thoroughly fucked, lying on top of him. Maybe Cass was right all those years ago. Maybe, just maybe, good things did happen. Dean awakens with a delightful, sated heaviness to his body and reaches out a hand across the bed, blindly searching in the dark for Castiel, but the space is empty. Panic starts to bubble in the very pit of his stomach. Cass? He whispered out. Why is he whispering? He doesn't know. He pushed the sheets away from his body, searching for his jeans in the darkness of the room. He comes across a pair that are marginally too small. He realizes they are Cass's. He leaves the fly open and forgoes a t-shirt to find on focusing Cass. He wouldn't leave, would he? What if, after what happened between them, he decided Dean wasn't what he wanted after all? The panic was now radiating through Dean's body as he padded across the bedroom and out the door. The sight of Castiel in the kitchen with his back to him stopped him in his tracks, the relief he was here almost flooring him. He was having a quiet conversation with Miracle, feeding him something from a small paper bag. Before he considered it, Dean's legs were quickly carrying him across the kitchen towards Castiel. He reached him in a few steps and he was turning him in his arms. Without a word, his lips to kissing him, with almost aggressive desperation he'd never felt. It wasn't sexual. This was emotional. He had Castiel's face in his hands, holding him steady as the kiss deepened painfully. Cass was pulling away, but this only spurred Dean on. Dean? Cass was saying in between his lips, trying for his attention. He eventually managed to separate their lips, both breathless. Dean, what's wrong? Castiel was concerned. This was a kiss laced with something other than heat or passion. This was a kiss laced with fear and sadness. Dean's forehead dropped to Castiel's shoulder, 
as he worked to regain control of his breathing. I thought you were gone, he whispered, voice thick with emotion. Cass, you weren't there and I thought you were gone. Suddenly the weight of everything that had happened over the last few months fell down onto Dean. Cass's confession, Cass being claimed by the empty, Cass being gone, Dean nearly dying, Cass returning, Dean admitting his feelings, finally being with Cass the way he'd always wanted. It overwhelmed him. A sob broke out from the depths of his stomach, hitting Cass's skin, striking at his heart. He encircled his arms around Dean and held on tightly. Dean's fingers twisted into the material of his t-shirt. Dean, it's okay, he soothed, as he maneuvered them so he was able to frame Dean's face within the palm of his hands, and he held him steady. Sweetheart, it's okay. I'm right here, and it's all okay. Cass leaned in and pressed his lips softly to Dean's. Then he kissed each tear away, the salt dancing on his tongue. I'm sorry I worried you. I couldn't sleep and didn't want to disturb you. Dean nodded his understanding, a blush creeping onto his cheeks. Don't ever leave me, Cass. Not again, okay? I wouldn't survive it if Cass... Cass's thumbs stroked over the blush on his cheek. Was there a thing more beautiful than Dean Winchester? Where else would I go, Dean? I've waited my whole existence for you. Now that I have you... Dean cut him off with a searing kiss. I'm an idiot, Dean says as he rested his forehead against Cass. You're my idiot, Cass grinned and returned Dean's kiss. I was going to watch the sunrise. Would you care to join me? Kay, Dean nodded and Cass laced their fingers together, leading them to the creaky porch swing. The air was slightly damp but not cold, and the stars were still shining against the vast blanket of the sky. Dean studied Cass as Cass watched the sky, the last of the moonlight illuminating his face, making his skin appear almost translucent. Dean was mesmerized. What are you looking at? Dean asked after a beat, his voice still croaky. Do you see those cluster of stars just to the left there? Castiel signaled with a hand. Mm-hmm. They are called opus and or birds of paradise. I made those, Cass said, his voice laced with nostalgia. Show off, Dean replied, peppering soft kisses against Cass's temple. He looked at the stars briefly, but his eyes were mesmerized to Cass. Cass chuckled. Dean loved that sound. Cass, do you miss it? Dean's voice was layered with vulnerability. What he really wanted to know was, are you happy? Do I make you happy? Am I enough? Cass paused, a beat before he answered. When Metatron stole my grace, I didn't know my place in the world. I didn't know what my purpose was. I was lost. But now, Dean, now I know what it's like to look at you through human eyes, to feel your touch, to give and receive pleasure from you, to hear you say you love me. Dean, there's nothing I would or could want more than that. Dean's forehead dropped a wrist on Cass's shoulder blade. Fuck, Cass, I'm so in love with you, man. Dean's voice was barely a whisper, filled with emotion. Cass turned to face him. I never knew it could feel like this. See, 
he said quietly as he reached up to cup Dean's cheek, stroking a soft circle into his skin. There's nothing better than that feeling. Yes, I'm... Dean swallowed thickly before he continued. I'm broken. You deserve more than me, I think. I think I'm too selfish to give you up. Cass carded his fingers through Dean's hair. You are damaged and broken, and so am I. But so are shooting stars and comets. Kess said as he stole a look at the stars. Dean, there are many things I don't know, but quite a few that I do. I know you can't be lost if you know where you are. I know that life is full of precious and fragile things, and not all of them are pretty. I know that the sun follows the moon and makes days one after another. Time passes. The world turns and we turn with it. And though we can never go back to the beginning, sometimes we can start again. Perhaps we can have a new beginning. We fit, you and I. Cass whispered, looking into the transfixed green gaze. Two broken pieces make a hole. Dean's eyes stung with moisture and he could do nothing but lean in and press a kiss to Castiel's lips, hoping it would say everything that he couldn't voice. And there, as the wrens sang their first melody of the day and the sun broke above the skyline, was a new beginning. Castiel was irritated. He was too warm. There was a hot, wet, prickliness nuzzling into his neck and something was tickling against his bare skin of his chest. He groaned irritably as he was so rudely awoken from his sleep. Morning, sunshine, a sleep-sick voice said into the crook of his neck. He recognized it instantly as his most favorite voice in the world. It was deep, gruff, and lustful. He felt a warm, wet tongue sweep over his pulse point and lips sucking seductively at his skin. Castiel sighed deeply in pleasure, his body instantly responding to the touch, his neck angling forward as if on instinct to expose more of his neck to Dean. Why are you waking me up, Dean? Cass said, trying to play grumpy but failing miserably. Usually he would be incredibly irritable at this hour, but having Dean wake him like this, how could he be? Shut up. Dean says as he rolled on top of Cass, rolling his hips into his, his hard length grinding against Cass, sparking his own arousal. You're insatiable, said Cass said as his hips instinctively met Dean's in a filthy grind, eliciting a moan from Dean's lips. I am when it comes to us, said Dean, leaning down and pulling Cass' plush lower lip between his teeth. I was about to start without you, watching you lie here, the sweat dripping down your chest. You have no idea what that does to me. Dean said as he trailed a finger across Cass's chest, circling a nipple just how he knew Cass liked. Cass didn't take his eyes off of Dean's face, never failing to be stunned by his beauty. Now that would have been a crying shame. I'd hate to miss out, Cass said, trailing his hands down Dean's back, reaching the firmness of his ass. He gave it a playful slap. Spring had moved into summer. Cass and Dean had been at Bobby's cabin almost two months. Two months of being alone. Two months of bickering. Two months of making up after the bickering. Two months of getting to know each other's body. Two months of lazy kisses. Two months of desperate kisses. Two months of togetherness. Two months of pure gratification. Dean's hand trailed down the length of Cass's body until he reached his knee. 
hooking his hand underneath and pulling it up around his back so he could slot their bodies even tighter together. That was the thing with Dean. He liked to feel Cass everywhere. He was desperate for more, but he wasn't ready yet, and that was okay, for now they had this. Hot skin against hot skin. Cass reached up to press their lips together in a searing kiss, his tongue being granted the entry he was seeking. Dean moaned softly as the taste of Cass became intoxicating. Fuck, I love kissing you, Dean said, and against Cass's mouth. I love your hair this length. It means I can do this. Cass gripped a handful of Dean's hair and gave it a rough tug, forcing Dean's hand back to expose the column of his throat. Cass had learned that Dean liked it rough at times. Other times he liked it soft and slow, but he would deny that until his dying day. Cass's teeth scraped along the exposed skin. Jesus, Cass, you drive me crazy, baby. Love you so much. I love you too, Dean. Those words were the catalyst to Dean. Every time. They unfolded burning arousal in his pit of his stomach. Cass trailed open-mouth kisses along Dean's neck, his fingers getting lost in Dean's hair, which he had allowed to grow out along with weeks of stubble. Cass loved this version of Dean, relaxed and carefree. They'd made a haven for themselves here over the last two months, fixing up the cabin, gradually adding things that was them without either of them mentioning it. Dean turned style and violins. Cass had a bonsai tree project going and artwork on the walls. It was beginning to feel like home. Their home. Dean's fingertips ran up the side of Cass's body, leaving goosebumps in their wake. They grinded against each other, their hot, heavy breaths mingling. Dean pressed a hand between them, encircling the solid length of Cass's cock. It pulsed hot against his palm as his fingers teased at the base. Dean's tongue darted out teasingly, sweeping over Cass's lips just as the thrill sound of Dean's phone interrupted their flow. Ignore it, Dean breathed, his hand gripping Cass firmer to Cass's cock, his hips jerking in response. It might be important, Dean. Cass breathed noncommittally. Mm, whatever, Dean said, and he kissed Cass greedily, making him forget all about the importance of the phone call. The phone rang off and just as quickly started again. Shit, Dean moaned, dropping his forehead to Cass's shoulder. He sighed and reached over to the nightstand, reluctantly rolling off of Cass and onto his back, seeing Sam's ID on the screen. Fucking cock block, Dean grumbled. What? This better be good. You sound out of breath. You good? I was freaking fantastic until you cock blocked me. Oh, ew, gross. I don't want to know any more. It was beautiful and natural thing, Sammy. What do you want? So, uh, I'm sorry I've got to do this, but I've got us a case. A nest of vamps over in Topeka. Dean felt the air leave his lungs as he shifted to sit on the side of the bed. Eileen and me thought we could deal, but it turns out it's larger than we originally thought. We could use your backup. You in? Dean's mouth was dry and he struggled to speak. He felt Cass shift behind him, stroking down his bare back to get his attention. He could sense the tension and he frowned at him in concern. Hey, Dean, you there? Sam said. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Sure, I'm in. Meet you there in the next hour. Text me the details? Thanks, Dean. Sure. Dean hung up and tossed the phone onto the bed. Fuck, 
he said, dropping his head into his hands. Cass moved to his side immediately. Dean, what is it? Cass said, concern evident in his voice. Dean ran his hands through his hair, not looking at Cass. There's a vamp nest over in Topeka that needs dealing with. Sam needs me on it, Dean said, his voice quiet. Cass knew the problem without Dean having to voice it. He pulled a hand away from Dean's face and held it in his. And this will be your first one since... Dean nodded. Cass was thoughtful for a moment. I'll go. You stay here. What? Like hell that's going to happen. No way, Cass. Dean, I'm not incapable, Cass said, slightly insulted. Dean faced towards him. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, you're not fighting in my place. I can handle it. Cass sighed. But you don't have to, Dean. I shall go. That's my choice. Do you trust me? Of course I trust you, Dean said, his voice soft. I can't have you getting hurt, Cass. I won't. It'll be a milk run, as you say. What will we tell Sam? That you're sick. Dean thought for a moment. It wasn't like him to flake out, but this fight had gone out of him. The desire to butcher and kill was no longer a flame that burned in him. You'll be safe? he asked Cass. Cass nodded. Of course, Dean. Dean nodded and pulled Cass in, resting his forehead to his. If anything happens to you, he whispered. Cass leaned in and pressed his lips to Dean's. I'll be fine. I promise. And Cass regretted those words as soon as they left his mouth. An hour later, Dean was helping Cass pack the trunk of the Impala. He felt sick and worry coursing through his body. Cass opened the driver's door, leaning against it. Dean, it'll be fine. I'll text you as soon as it's all wrapped up. Dean nodded, pulling him close. Just come back in one piece, please. Dean leaned in and kissed him. Love you, Cass. I love you also. Take care of my baby. Cass rolled his eyes fondly. I'll take care of your car, Dean. I'm not talking about the car, Cass. Dean tossed over his shoulder as he walked away, not wanting to watch Cass leave. Three hours. Three hours, eight minutes, Cass had been gone. No word yet. Dean sat at the kitchen table, toying with his phone, willing it to ring, or something. He tried reading, listening to music, YouTube. He couldn't concentrate on Cat till Cass was back in, in one piece, and safe. The rumble of the impala grabbed his attention, and he rushed to the door down the steps. Why the hell didn't you text me like you said you would? He said in lieu of greeting. Cass was covered in mud and blood. I'm sorry, Dean. I lost my phone in the foray. You! Dumbass! He said, relief surging through him as he pulled him into an embrace, heedless of the state he was in. Dean, I'm disgusting and you're all over me. I don't give a shit. Cass returned to his embrace then, the smell suddenly hitting Dean's nostrils. Oh, well, okay. You are disgusting. Cass rolled his eyes stepping away and heading towards the cabin. Dean followed behind, his eyes not leaving him for a second. He closed the door behind him. I'll go take a shower, Cass said, and Dean merely nodded, feeling unfamiliar emotions as he watched Cass head for the bathroom. It was a few minutes after he heard the water turn on that he finally felt his legs move. He needed Cass. He needed to be close to him. He was safe and here and he needed him. He headed toward the bathroom and stripped off his clothes as he went. 
Cass had his back to him as he stepped behind him in the shower. He watched as the water cascaded over his skin. The muscles in his back rippled as he moved. Dean stepped closer and wrapped his arms around Castiel from behind, dropping his forehead onto his shoulder blade. Cass startled slightly before his hands came to rest on Dean's over his stomach. I missed you, Dean whispered into Cass's shoulder. Cass turned into his arms, linking his fingers around Dean's neck. I missed you too. I told you I'd come back safe. Dean nodded and rested his forehead against his. You did. Dean shut his eyes and relished the closeness of Cass. Castiel brought his hands up to cup Dean's face. Sweetheart, what's wrong? I can't believe I flaked Cass. I never backed down from a fight, but this time I just... Dean, with the life you had led, no one would judge you for taking a time out. I judge me. I was weak. Cass's face turned hard, his voice resolute. I have known every language created in human history, but none of them allow me to sufficiently describe everything you are, Dean Winchester. But I know for certain that you are not weak. You are good. He pressed his lips to his right cheek, and kind. He pressed his lips to his left, and brave. His lips brush over the underside of his chin, and deserving. His lips caress Dean's. You are everything, Dean. Dean's eyes filled with moisture, which he hoped the spray of the shower would obscure. He pressed his lips to Cass's again, and his forehead fell to his, his arm around Cass's waist, pulling him flush against him. His voice was barely audible under the water. Make love to me, Cass. Cass's eyes hit Dean's face. Dean's eyes were closed. He was stunningly beautiful beneath the warm spray. Look at me, Dean. Cass said softly. Dean opened his eyes. Are you sure that's what you want? Dean nodded. I've never been more sure. I want to be close to you, Cass. I need you. Please. Dean kissed Cass deeply, wanting to put everything he felt into that kiss. Cass moaned softly against him and pulled back slowly. Not in here, he said, taking his hand and reaching over to switch off the shower. He led them out of the space, and they wrapped themselves in towels and rubbed their hair dry, their eyes never leaving each other. Dean silently reached for Cass and led him out the bedroom. Dean, are you certain that... Cass was cut off with a kiss as Dean pulled him in by the towel around his waist. I said I was sure. I want you, Cass. I want this. That was all the reassurance Cass needed. Dean lay in Cass's arms, sweat slick on their bodies, their breath still working to regulate. Cass was the first to speak. Are you okay? He asked quietly, unsure. It was too quiet for his liking. But Dean smiled, brilliant and sated, pressing a kiss to his chest. I'm freaking awesome. You? I'm freaking awesome also, Cass said with a light chuckle as Dean rests his head over Cass's heart listening to the steady thrum. Cass's fingertips ghosted across Dean's spine as another few moments of silence passed. I think I'm done with this, Cass. Castiel's heart sank and he pulled back. I don't understand, did I? Dean looked up to him, hearing the fear in his voice and realizing his mistake. Oh, God, baby, no. 
Never think that. We're awesome, I promise. He pressed a kiss to Dean's mouth, and he felt Cass relax beneath him, and he returned to ghosting over his spine as he put his chin on Cass's chest. I meant with hunting, he said softly. It's just not me anymore, Cass. Are you talking about retiring? Dean nodded. I've been thinking about it for a while, you know. What would you do? Dean shrugged a shoulder. I probably wouldn't leave the life completely. Maybe do a version of what Bobby did? I don't know. He traced patterns over Cass's abdomen. I just want a better future, you know. You, me, this place, a kid or two. He shot a look up to Cass, saying that last part quietly. You'd like children? Cass said. Dean nodded shyly. Would you? Cass thought for a moment. Yes. Yes, I believe I would. With you. Dean's smile lit up his face, already flush from their lovemaking. That's what I want, Cass. Just you and me. Cass lifted Dean's chin and pressed a soft kiss to his lips. You and me? You and me. I love you, Dean. Me too, Cass. Epilogue Six years later Bobby, come on, let's go, or we'll be late, Sam said as he picked up the three-year-old and clipped her into the car seat. He handed her the latest book she was obsessed with, Llama Llama Red Pajamas, which he had read to her at least ten times in the last twenty-four hours and double-checked her straps. Thank you, Bobby signed, and Sam che- Sam's chest swelled with pride so much that he barely felt a thing as he banged his head as he moved to shut Bobby's door, hearing the tail end of her giggle. The drive to Cass and Dean's was relatively short for a Saturday morning. Usually the roads were rammed with people out to make the most of their weekend. Sam indicated left and pulled into the long driveway, parking behind the impala, noting that Dean sat on the cabin's porch with his morning coffee. Dean made his way to Sam's car, and opened the side where Bobby was on. Someone's half asleep, he said as he poked his head inside the car. He wiggled Bobby's little foot. Hey, Bobby girl, he said in a soft voice so as not to startle her. Her eyes sprang open immediately, shining bright as though she hadn't been falling asleep. Daddy, she exclaimed excitedly, clambering to get out of her car seat and into Dean's arms. Hello, beautiful. Did you have fun with Sam and Eileen? Uncle Sammy hurt it, she said, rubbing her head to illustrate what she was saying. Huh? Dean looked at, over at Sam, confused. Oh, I uh, bumped my head on the car door, Sam explained. Dean rolled his eyes. Well, that's because Uncle Sammy is a dumb... Uh, but... Dean stopped and corrected himself, peering briefly over his shoulder to make sure he wasn't about to experience the wrath of Cass. Dumb butt, Sam said mockingly with a grin on his face. Shut up, Sam. Hey, Bobby girl, what do we say to Uncle Sammy for taking care of you yesterday? Bobby looked at Sam from the comfort of Dean's arm and signed, Thank you. Dean looked at her awed. Did she just sign? Sam grinned proudly and nodded. Eileen has been teaching her a few things. Dean looked at Bobby proudly, kissing her cheek. How is Eileen? Dean asked. Antsy, irritable, the size of a house. Dean scoffed. You wouldn't say that if she was here. She'd still kick your ass, pregnant or not. 
Don't I know it. Where's Cass? You guys have a good time last night? Dean wiggled his eyebrows. Oh, hell yeah. Sam held up his hands in protest. His nose wrinkled in distaste. Okay, stop. I don't need any more details than that. So we'll see you guys next week? Sam said as he walked back to the driver's side of his car after handing Dean Bobby's overnight bag. Sure will. Thanks for last night, man. We'll owe you one. Just the one? Sam cocked a brow and Dean rolled his eyes. Say bye to Uncle Sam. Bobby raised her hand, waving enthusiastically. Bye, Uncle Sammy, bye, she shouted, and Dean waved as Sam disappeared out of the driveway. Shall we go see where Dad is at? Bobby scrambled out of Dean's arms and ran toward the cabin, calling out, Dada, I home now. Dean kept her pace easily as they entered the house just as Cass was coming out the bathroom, pulling a shirt over his head. Hello, my little honeybee. Cass said with a huge smile as Bobby ran into his arms. La Dada! Uncle Sammy hurt it, she said, rubbing her head, making it sound more dramatic than it actually was that only a three-year-old can. Cass looked at Dean concerned. Is Sam okay? he asked. Dean laughed. He's fine, nothing major. Sammy a dumb butt, Bobby commented, and Cass's eyes narrowed on a sheepish-looking Dean. Dean was certain that if he could still smite him, he would. Dean gave him the best puppy dog look. Love you? Cass rolled his eyes. Dada, we go swim? Bobby asked, remembering Cass's promise if she behaved for Sam and Eileen. What about your nap? No nap, she said. Have you noticed her naps are getting less and less? Cass mentioned to Dean. Shh, maybe if we don't talk about it, it won't be true. Cass scoffed. You keep telling yourself that. Okay, Bobby girl, go get your swimsuit and wings, and we can swim. Bobby scrambled down from Cass's hold, and did as instructed. Cass made his way to Dean and encircled his arms around his waist. Back to reality. Thank you for last night, Cass grinned, picking Dean on the lips. Dean pulled him close, offering him another kiss humming against his lips. And another, and another, until tiny hands were tugging on his jeans, Let's go, Dada, let's go. Patience, honeybee. Are you coming? He asked Dean. I'll follow you guys down there. Cass gave Dean one last full kiss. Daddy heard Bobby sigh impatiently, and he could picture her eye roll, so like Castiel's. She wasn't biologically his, but she had so many of his mannerisms, and Dean loved her all the same. She was used to seeing her daddy's love on each other, but she didn't have patience for it. He sent Cass and Bobby on their way to the lake, promising to be along shortly. Dean made it down to the lake just as Bobby stood on the edge of the deck, Cass waiting in the water with arms held high ready to catch her. Dean froze, dread building in his belly. He never envisioned that he'd be the overprotective parent, but here he was cringing as he watched their daughter fearlessly jump into Cass's arms, squealing as her feet splashed in the water. Dean didn't realize he was holding his breath until he let out a sigh of relief once she was safely in Castiel's arms. He made his way to the end of the deck and sat himself on the edge. Hi, Daddy! Bobby shouted, waving awkwardly from beneath her water wings. Hey, Bobby girl! Dean watched contentedly as the love of his life and their daughter frolicked happily in the lake, the sun was shining down on them. This was Dean's life now. Him, Cass, and their girl. 
He took out his phone and snapped a picture documenting the laughter on their faces. He heard nothing but love in their laughter. He saw nothing but love on their faces. And he felt nothing but love in every fiber of his being for everything that was in front of him. His beautiful family. They were carved deeply into his soul. They made him who he was. It was pu pure bliss. Total gratification. What he had in Cass was absolute. Complete, earth-shattering, universe-shaking, world-saving love. You couldn't tell him that there was anything better than this. He wouldn't believe you. And there you have it, folks. Thanks for joining me for this episode, part two of the prayer. Thanks so very much again to Dean's Girl SOB for allowing me to narrate this particular story. I'm hoping you all enjoyed it very much. I'm sorry again for bringing you an update so late, but in real life stuff became important. Please go ahead and love and subscribe and rate wherever you listen to this podcast. I'll be back again soon with another wonderful fix-it story. I'm your narrator, Wings at You, signing off.